You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. On today's installment of The College Loop, it's Brews Day with Brooks Walton. We're hanging out with him, talking his takeaways from A-Day, where Auburn needs to go in the portal, and what he thinks Hugh Freeze and company are up to in terms of transfers. We've got women's basketball. Coach Jan Company, another Eagle, has landed a new prospect headed to the Plains via the transfer portal. We got Auburn baseball talk, Auburn softball talk, talking about how those two teams can get going in the midweek. A little bit of Darion Goborn, God Save the Queen talk, a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The College Loop. Hey, you know what to do. You grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit what's going on everybody welcome back to the college loop podcast episode 47 of the college loop podcast and of course bruise days with brooks mr brooks walton is back to talk to us a little bit more about a day it's uh the biggest thing going on right now for auburn but let me introduce my co-host as always harrison tar right there and daniel Locke. but brooks is the star of this episode brooks how you doing buddy i'm good i don't know if i'm the star but thanks Oh, definitely the star. Bruise days. <laughs> if you get a na- day named after you, you're, you're the star. Hey, Brooks, glad to have you back on, man. Uh, always fun to have talk talk ball with you. I told I told you earlier, you're you're part of the bigger picture here at the Loop, so we're we're glad to be rope stringing you along with all this and and uh, roping you into stuff that I don't even know if you you were you were willing to do, but you did it anyways because you're a nice guy. Uh, so we'll we're excited to have you, man. Yeah, and thanks. No, I I, I like doing this. It's fun. So glad I'm glad to hear it because we're gonna keep making you do it. Uh, so <laughs> let's talk A Day, guys. Uh, and we we I feel like gosh, that's been the buzzword. If I had a nickel for every time I said A Day in the past three weeks, I'd be a I could quit my full time job. Uh, <laughs> but Brooks, you had the opportunity to watch film breakdown on A Day. You said you weren't able to watch live, um, which I don't really blame you. That's okay. Like time with family, it's Easter weekend. Uh, honestly, I thought you'd probably be able to learn more from film, anyways, after going back and rewatching. Let me get your instant reaction, the the Brooks Walton reaction of of Auburn's A Day. Uh, did you like the formatting? Would you like did you see all the guys? What positions did you did you like to see? What positions did you not like to see? I'm just going to open the floor and then let you kind of walk us through what's going on in your head. Yeah, uh, the formatting first of all, really cool. I liked it a lot. Uh, it's just it's more exciting than just having the ones versus the twos and then the twos versus the ones and going back and forth and trying to keep track of okay, well, what's team blue? What's team white? Like that's it's fun to do it this way. I think we probably should have come up with some way to have a little tiebreaker in there. I think that could have been fun. Uh, but, you know, being able to end it and say everybody gets stakes and all that, that's, that's nice. Can I interject uh, there I just, about what Hugh, Hugh said about that? That that was super funny. That was one of the first questions asked because, you know, winner gets stakes, loser eats hot dogs. Uh, he left it up to the coordinators about whether or not they wanted to go for it and try to win at the end of the game. And they, he said that that was the most quiet he's ever experienced a mic on the field in his entire life. He was like, they were really quiet for a really long time, and then we kicked a field goal. So I think that is hilarious. Continue. Wow. No, I didn't know that at all. Um, no, it was a lot of fun. It was a brutal game to try to play in with all that rain and stuff. So, I mean, you saw guys like – I saw Holden almost fall down a couple of times. Like, it's, it's hard to kind of tell the speed of how guys look or new guys trying to check like change of direction and stuff. It's a little tough. Um, 
it's cool. It's good to see everybody out on the field and like new people. And again, like you see Holden in the offense and he actually has had time to get ready and prepare. And, do, you know, he doesn't look like the lights are too bright like he did in the game that he had to come into that, you know, he wasn't really expecting to have to come into this past year. So that was good to see him. Um, the receiver room is kind of just hurt right now and hard to see, but you know, it, it's good to kind of watch some of those guys try to go out and, I don't know. I like the play calling. Um, I like what we were trying to do. I really like the way that the offense was offense was moving the ball well. I mean, 24 points, pretty quick running clock. Like, it's not bad at all. And so, oh, it was exciting to see. I was happy about it. Saw a lot of people flying around on defense too. Like it, it kind of overall like gave me a lot of good excitement. I went into it really excited to see what would happen, and then you know you're not disappointed at the end, which was kind of what I wanted. So it was good. I'm going to kick it off, guys, and I'm going to let y'all ask the fun questions. I'm going to ask the not as fun, fun questions here. And I know I know you guys get to talk uh, defense with with Brooks, which I'm jealous. I, I wish I wish that I had that opportunity. Uh, but I, I do want to kind of key in on, on you mentioning that you liked the play calling and, 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 and how the offense was moving the ball. A lot of RPO, a lot of RPO stuff. And I'm just going to go and jump to conclusions. That leads you to believe Robbie's with the ones. Uh, just because you would think that RPO serves – Robbie Ashford, the best. I, Holden Gurner showed some wheels. Holden <laughs> Gurner might be, he, he may be a little bit of a dual thread. Uh, Pete sources are saying, I am sources. All right. Continue with my propaganda of, of Holden Gurner. But uh, your your thoughts on, on Auburn kind of going back to that RPO that we've really not seen since like Nick Marshall, uh, tr- truthfully, like a, a true RPO. You, you said you liked the offensive playing calling. Is, is that an identity that you'd be comfortable with given the state of this receiver room? I think that the portal is probably going to be your friend there. Uh, the state of this receiving room, you you like that RPO look, especially with this backfield. Yeah, yeah, especially. I mean, you've got a bunch of really good running backs. You can kind of switch them all in and out, and then you're anchored by Jarquez. And if you're going to have a running quarterback in there, like, man, it's it's pretty good. You just kind of get the offensive line rolling and get them to go downhill. And if you can pull it and pop pass over the linebackers, like, that's – there's a reason people are running and become so successful. Like, if you – we can execute it really well. And we have that threat of running the ball. We're gonna have to keep bringing in the linebackers. The defense is like it could it could work out really well. And so I'm excited to see and kind of get some off platform throws and get pocket moving a bunch, kind of out of it. Uh, like you think of when Holden had that the touchdown run. You know, I mean, you're just pulling tight end all the way across. You get him moving. He can dump it off or he can pull it. Like this puts the defense in a tough spot because you're kind of having to one guy having to cover two spots if you're out of position and. Um, yeah, I think we offense put itself in a bunch of good positions kind of doing that throughout the day. So it looked pretty good. Right on. Not to bring up, you know, linebacker, got to talk about some, some linebackers. We talked about it a little bit before we started recording. So what did you see from the linebacker core? And uh, I hope that we can all agree that it probably wasn't the most positive outlook on it either. But just what did you see as a linebacker yourself? Yeah, it's um, – I mean, you don't have the – guy anymore right like Jacoby always and Owen especially those two they just stood out in film because both of them were just naturally gifted freakishly fast but then also they just play fast and you play hard and I mean that just stands out to you and you can see it sometimes just as a fan watching in the stands like somebody's moving at a different speed because a they're confident b they know where they're going and c they're aggressive too so we're kind of just missing that, like the guy that will fly in there and you see it and you notice it and it stands out really big on film. And a lot of it, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what the play calling is on the defensive side necessarily, but 
a lot of it just kind of seems like it's just a big old problem, like not a problem, but just meshing with everybody on the defense and no one run fits just seems like a big, big deal. Um, and you see guys kind of getting washed out of their gaps sometimes. And then that screws up the linebackers, which in turn screws up the safety on the run fits. So that's all, that's all tough because a lot of those, like the scrambles and the extra, you know, running back, having to cut it all the way back across behind the line and picking up a bunch of yards, like, if you have all your your gaps sound and covered, like that should never be a problem. And that's a lot of that is just feel and knowing the defense and knowing where things are going to end up quickly. Because you know, right on the snap of the ball, you could see somebody pull, and all of a sudden your gap assignment changes pretty quick. And then the you know, obviously the D end has to know where they're coming. The safety has to know how everybody's fitting when he's coming down. So that just comes with reps. And I I mean, they're going to get a lot better than that than this now and they're going to have to but you get a whole lot more still full team on team reps before the season is close to starting so they've got time for sure but that's just the biggest part is just a lot of uh a lot of missed assignments oh I mean the the very first touchdown that Robbie ran you had three guys all in the same gap and it you know part of that's getting washed out part of that is just missing your assignment so we'll get there I think Daniel may have had something that he could he could build off of that that first Robbie touchdown. Sure. <clears throat> so, like as a linebacker, what are the challenges of looking good against an RPO with Robbie? I mean, he's the type of quarterback you really want to have with that type of that play because you basically you can't get caught in the middle. If you get caught in the middle trying to guard like a tight end coming out to the flat and him, you're not going to do either one. And a lot of it is going to come down to play calling and it might not necessarily be you. You might be the linebacker that looks bad because you chase the tight end and then Holden goes in and scores no problem, but that's not necessarily your fault. Maybe that is your, your um, assignment, but then somebody else got hung up on the other side of the line or something like that. So it just puts you in a really tough spot. And that's why you want to run that type of offense with a guy like Robbie, because if you run it right, you basically take a defensive player out of the game. I mean, it's like when, when they brought in the the read option to the NFL kind of that year with RG3 and all of them, I mean, nobody knew what to do with it because you're just putting one person in a really tough spot. And if you haven't practiced it a ton and know exactly what to do, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, for those of you back home who wonder why we keep bringing Brooks on the show, I'll let you know on a secret. It's not just because not just because he's good on air. I learn new stuff about X's and O's in, foot, uh, in football every time that Brooks opens his mouth. And I'm not just gassing you up, dude. Like this, I, I'm I'm soaking all this up. It's really cool to hear this from a, a specific position group, a guy who played this that, that that position for the long a long time that can that can talk about the, the necessitated of, of of being in the right spot and in the right time and not missing your assignment and, and getting in the gap and things that get lost. And the bigger picture, when you're looking at right now, the overarching theme of who's going to play quarterback for the Auburn Tigers, forgetting that, okay, there were some assignments that, that were missed. And, and and there's a lot of left to be desired in, in this linebacker room. That's not to say that they can't improve. But, Brooks, I, I guess this is all this to say. Is the linebacker room one of those that you would not be upset to see Auburn go to the portal in, 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 in this second window that's about to open this weekend and, and, and try to go get I don't, I, another body is maybe not the right word? but but a different skill set um, to, to help that group out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think any position on the field, like we could always try to go into the portal and try to grab somebody because, I mean, there's studs everywhere. And Auburn is one of those places that I feel, I mean, obviously we are all biased as Auburn people, but I feel like Auburn's a school that could that could bring in anybody. And like sure. it's got the, the football pedigree of, 
this is what we've done in the past. And especially on the defensive side, I mean, you look at the history of linebackers, especially that have come through Auburn, you're like, man, like these, this is a place for me if you're a linebacker in the portal. And yeah, so no, I, I wouldn't be upset at all because if anything, even if you get a guy that might not come in and if he ends up not being a complete starter, well, you've just added one more person into that room to push whoever the starter is going to be. So it might sound a little bit cliche, but yeah, I mean, you, you get somebody else in there to compete and you hope that, yeah, everybody competing for the same spot, you bring in more people for it, it'll push everybody's level play up a little bit more. Dylan's having an epiphany. We just sent a little message in our in our group meeting while we were listening to you. Um, Dylan, you lost. Go ahead. I mean, uh, I love talking about the quarterbacks. So <laughs> as, as long as I'm, you know, I'm always I'm always the favorite anyway. So I'll I'll bring up the tough question. We just did a nose goes loser had to bring up quarterbacks. By the way, so so Auburn of course is uh, when you bring up transfer portal uh, possibilities, linebacker comes to mind. Also comes to mind as the quarterback position, and I feel like it would do wouldn't do Auburn any justice if we didn't talk about quarterbacks a good bit uh when we talk about a day so going into the quarterbacks who are you kind of sitting behind as if Auburn's gonna get a transfer which one of these three guys currently would you want as your quarterback I think I personally I would stick with Robbie I think I mean he's just got he's got more experience and you want to see I mean you still want to see the arm get better and the decision making get better but you know, Hugh Freeze, you, you you hope that he can come in and really kind of get these quarterbacks where they need to be in terms of reading the field and making the reason, knowing that it's okay to check down and all the little things that I don't really understand about playing quarterback. But, uh, yeah, I mean, especially like what we were talking about, which is the, the type of offense that you get with him in there. If you really have – if you have the threat of Jarquez in the backfield and Robbie and then you get one of our tight ends up there, off the ball, like, you know, coming split zone action. You've got a lot of looks that you can run out of it with a guy like Robbie if he's a if he's a fairly good passer. And then obviously he's got the legs to really kind of make anything happen. And then we can all just dump it off to the running backs too. So that's what I'd like to see. And I, I honestly, I don't, to me, I wouldn't fully watch in the quarterback room as much as I was really the defense, but I don't know if anything super, super stood out. As, I mean, and also they're playing in a monsoon. It's really hard to tell. Like, I think I think one of the first balls I watched came out was a complete duck. And, I mean, these guys are SEC quarterbacks. They're not doing that just for fun. Like, it's weather played a, played a problem with it. But we'll just have to see how it goes. I've got really a case for some other guys that that might be intentional. But uh, I, I, that's neither, neither here nor there. TJ Finley's gone, by the way, folks. I'll go ahead and say it right here on the on the College Loop podcast. Uh we, we, we've, we've gone back and forth about is TJ going to stay um, and I'm building off your Robbie conversation. I promise it's coming full circle, but uh, is TJ going to stay? Uh, his post game remarks were, how do I phrase this? Uh, less than ideal for a guy that would necessarily be jockeying for a spot, especially when somebody asked if Auburn were to go to the portal for a quarterback, would you con- consider transferring? And he said he does quote, doesn't know, which means he does know. Uh, which means your mind's already made up and that if you're not in this race, which he knows if he's not in this race, and, and there may be something we don't know, but when that portal window opens back up, I fully expect TJ Finley's name to be in it. As for Robbie Ashford, I thought it was very, very interesting. And, and, and Brooks, I'm glad you brought up uh, the point that it was a monsoon and uh, that didn't play to the quarterback's benefit and did not play to the receiver's benefits. I was very proud of the Auburn family and and, I, and I'm proud of them a lot. I don't want to sound critical. I was very proud of the Auburn fan base and the Auburn family for not digging too much into this 
quarterback room after a monsoon because I've seen crazier things. I have. I, I cannot tell a lie. Uh, but the this whole group was, was uh, this whole fan base was pretty good about. Okay, it's a monsoon. Uh, it's hard to catch football. It's hard to throw the football. I mean, I think we only threw it what thirteen times, Dylan. Uh, I believe so. Uh, so it was one. So four for TJ, three for Robbie, and, and then five. five so twelve. So twelve. Twelve times. Sure, math was never my strong suit. That's more of a Brooks thing. That's why he wound up getting his aerospace degree. Uh, but but. Yeah, I, I think we threw the football like a dozen times. I, I don't I don't think that that's something to necessarily press the panic button about. But the quarterback in the receiving room kind of tying hand in hand. I think the portal's wide open. And 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 Hugh kind of said that. My last kind of specific position group specific question for you here, Brooks. What did you see out of those receivers? And and, and I know that it's it's raining and, and they didn't get a ton of a ton of targets, but route running and, and separation wise, were you as unimpressed as we were? Yeah, I mean it, it. It didn't really stand out. Nothing really did. You know, I think I didn't think of Robbie completed that one ball kind of down the seam. TJ threw one up, got knocked down. They called PI on it, but I mean, wasn't really a good ball to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't see much, and it's it's tough to. You're right. It's kind of hard to point a finger at it because it's just bad situation overall, and hard to kind of pinpoint like, yeah, this is a problem. But, you know, it's it's tough to tell. What's up? That play uh, you're talking about with TJ throwing down the field in triple coverage, uh, that one I can you can judge a little bit because uh, from my point of view, I don't know if the TV showed it or the highlight showed it, uh, Coy Moore was wide open on that play, uh, 10 yards right in, front of, right in front of TJ Finley. I'll find the clip and I'll send it to you, Brooks, if you didn't all, see it. All TJ had to do was just make a read, notice there are three white jerseys around his target, and look to his right a little bit, and there's a nice little wide receiver wearing number zero on his chest, uh, wide open without a single defender within 20 yards of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Separation yeah. from from guys like that, good. Reads from <laughs> TJ, not. Um, Daniel, <laughs> I'll let you I'll let you kind of move forward as we close the close the the eight day conversation and, and put a nice little bow on it for this show. Right. So now spring ball is over. What is it? What is like the independent practice that kind of kicks off the summer look like? Oh man, this, this is when this is when they start really, really getting into the lifting and the conditioning and everything. And this is when the strength coaches just get so excited because they get to have these guys and do whatever they want to them, and it's cool. And so I don't know exactly what their schedule is, but I mentioned to y'all last time like we used to kind of get a little bit of a break anywhere from a few days to kind of a week or two um, just before you start summer ball, depending on when, how everything falls. But yeah, I mean, it's, you're not going to put the pads on again for a long time. Uh, It's time for, I mean, they're going to be get into the best shape of their lives. You've got, um, I mean, yeah, you're going to have a bunch of just a bunch of drills and stuff and different types of conditioning and field work and, this and that and the other and then you're going to get into the player run practices which is always a funny little phrase because I mean they're they're dictated by the coaches and sometimes you might even have like a play call sheet on the order of what you're going to run from the coaches but what do you mean you're not talking to the coaches no never that none of that nope there's no they're not down on the field (laughs) they um I mean yeah you know in the old facility they used to have the coaches offices to overlook the practice field and sometimes you could look up there and see some of the guys just peeking down and 
um, guys would guys would kind of get worried if they saw that, you know, oh my gosh, it's, you know, it's so-and-so, it's my coach looking down at me, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned it a little bit another time on here with y'all, but like seven on seven is when, because we had a, a few missed assignments in the like uh, crossing routes and people following the wrong back out of the backfield and guys ending up wide open. Like that, that all is supposed to get fixed in the summertime because that's when it's seven on seven. You guys are doing all sorts of passing drills. Like you've got to learn, you know, um, you know, if I've got the three on this side, what does this mean? And then if, if he motions over, what does this mean? And it's got to become um, boom, boom, boom like that. So that's really, really good. Um, you know, there's going to be the time period where the coaches can't even be with them. And so that's, again, it's just all the strength coaches and it's all conditioning and getting your bodies right and getting healthy for the guys that need to get healthy and trying to not get injured for the other guys. And this is just kind of when nobody really hears anything about football from the outside, really, and you just kind of go in and work. A little bit of peace and quiet and some time to yourselves uh, to, to, to really – I feel like that's got to be when the guys that are that are your leaders really step up, though, and you figure out who's going to be your team captains and 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 who's going to be the leader on your team. You ever have an experience with a guy that you're like, wow, like maybe he doesn't even have to be your your own papos or or your Bo Nixes, your vocal leaders that that we hype up on in the media here. But do you ever have a guy that you're like, wow, like this guy gets it during summer ball, like this guy understands what responsibility is? Yeah, I mean. The first one that comes to mind, like he was a linebacker, but Chandler Wooten came in and was like a massive veteran presence. And he played a lot. He's not like he was a guy that was just a leader and never played. Like he was a super valuable part of the linebacker room. But more than anything else, I mean, if he wasn't a unanimous team captain, he would have been really close to it. And I mean, that that guy came in and he had taken the COVID year off, you know, and but then he came in all fire on all cylinders, like excited to be there. That dude loved football. And that's when you kind of figure out, like, because when you're going day after day after day in the summertime doing the same thing and just getting beat up over and over, like, you got to love football. And the guys that do, they stand out. They have more energy than everybody else. And those are the guys that everybody kind of gravitates towards. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, most of the time by the end of the summer, by the time spring ball starts, like, you know who the team leaders are, whether it's ever going to get announced to the public or not. Everybody in the back of their mind knows their guys. That's cool. Those those are the kind of stories that make uh, make summer ball worth worth talking about because you're right. We don't hear much about it um, in the media. We hear rumors at, at best, and and some and we see some cool video clips on Twitter uh, at very best. But beyond that, a lot of it's just speculation. I would think it'd be really cool to be a fly on the wall for a week or so uh, and watch those dynamics really, and especially the newcomers, right? So try to figure out how they actually fit into the scheme with no uh, coaches holding their hands. That, that there's got to be an element of that too, right? Yeah, but the newcomers. It's the biggest thing for them is getting all these guys like do you really want to play college football you know because it's it's different um I remember I don't remember who it was but some guy was talking to me and we finished up the warm-up for one of our summer practices and he was a freshman lineman from somewhere and you know uh strength coach was like all right warm-up's over get to your stations he turns to me and he goes that was a warm-up like that you know it's it's just different and so all the new kids they've got to learn like this is this is college football and you have to police yourself because you have to get there on time in the mornings. And if not, everybody's going to pay for it and there's going to be punishments. And there were people that like just never got that. And obviously you don't stay at Auburn long when that happens. So yeah, it's a big old just life maturity type time for a lot of the new kids to learn how to operate. And yeah, you don't have a coach there telling you, you have to be in this meeting by then. You just have to be up at 530, you got to be there at six and you got to do it every single day. And you can't, 
you, but more importantly, your teammates are going to suffer. When they suffer, they get pissed. And then it's just, this is when you got to, you got to nut up and get good. Right on, right on. Question, you you drove you you drove on campus for, for workouts pretty much most of the time you're there, right? You never got a parking ticket? I got a few. I'm about to say, I know Auburn parking services shows no mercy. They, they are as, uh, as, as di- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, inclusive as, as, as anyone I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few run-ins with them. Brooks, thanks so much for talking ball with us again today, man. Um, it's always a blast. It's, uh, it's, it's super enjoyable for those of you who love Brooks, uh, Bruce Br- 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 with Brooks as much as we do. Make sure you like subscribe and ring the bell right here on YouTube. If you're watching our streaming services, I'm sure Brooks, Brooks, you want to tell people where they can find your work, find you on, on socials and like actually like hang out and interact with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not super active on social media at all, but Instagram, it's just Brooks Walton, I think. And then Twitter, I think I'm Brooks underscore Walton for, but I, I don't interact with anything on Twitter. Just sit there and read stuff. But yeah, no, it, it, thanks for letting me come on. It's a lot of fun. And I like like just being able to have a reason to go back and watch football all the time and talk about it with people. So I appreciate it. It's always fun hearing your story and hearing stories from inside the program from a guy that, that got to spend a lot of time and Auburn means a lot to him. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, thank, join us in thanking Brooks Walton for, for coming on the show. That was easy for me to say. And we're going to throw it back to ourselves, Dylan. I'll let you do your little uh, dancey dance and stop the record. We'll flip over to the rest of your Auburn sports rundown. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Yes, a big thank you to Brooks Walton. All enjoy, always enjoy Bruise Days with Brooks, even though Dylan and I just had a debate on how that should be spelled properly for those of you like i mentioned before if you're watching us on youtube make sure you like subscribe ring the bell so to, to stay up to date with all the new content we have headed your way right here on the college loop we're super excited to have you guys almost at 100 subs i said that i would do a tiktok dance and post it if we do 100 subs so i guess uh, if you're watching go ahead and comment along with your auburn football basketball and beyond takes what tiktok dance you want to see me do um because it's going to happen and you know what if that means if I just have to do one TikTok dance for us to get to 100 subs, Dylan, I'll be doing a lot of TikTok dancing. <laughs> Once we get 150 subs, he will also do a TikTok dance, and every interval of 50, he will be doing one, and okay. I'll make sure of it. I wish we get a thousand; it'll be every hundred at that point. Okay, you know what? I'll make that deal. I'll take that deal. You make that deal. I'll make that deal. Anyways, let's uh, let's let's keep moving forward with the Auburn athletics talk, and let's jump right into it. Over on the hardwood, we had some news for Coach Jay and company earlier in the week, just a couple of days ago. An eagle has landed. The uh, Tigers pick up the equipment of Celia Sumbane. I'm gonna go with that Sumbane, Sumbane, right? Y'all want to try to take a stab at it? Uh, some Bane sounds good to me. Some Bane? Okay, we're going to go with that until we hear otherwise like we did with Jerner. <laughs> and, and 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 we'll keep moving forward. You mean, uh, forward- you mean Gurner? Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, uh, a forward out of South Plains College. She's a JUCO product out of Texas. 
Third commit in this class, and the portal is so far from over, guys. This is a big-time pickup for the Tigers after you lose Aisha Koulibaly. We knew we know that this team's going to look a lot different next year. But here Coach Jay goes and going to get some experienced talent, veteran leadership that's played college ball before, so the game's not going to be overwhelmingly fast for her, presumptively. One might think at least. But with that being said, she will join the likes of... Let's see, Savannah Scott. She's our center, six foot four, out of Conway, Arkansas. And she'll also join Tamia Thurman. She's also another center, six foot five, out of Linden, Alabama. So a lot of size coming in uh, in this group, a lot of height. This uh, maybe a little bit less small ball for Coach Jay and company. Definitely something you've got to move toward in, in the SEC. Gentlemen, I want to get your thoughts real quick on, on, the, on, on adding another four to this class, especially after the departure of Aisha Kulabali. We'll start with Daniel. Sure. So obviously there are holes to fill right now. Um, not a very promising situation to start the offseason, but Coach Jay is doing her best to reverse that narrative. Um, you know, she went out and got Sumbe in this week. And like you said, Harrison, the portal's far from over. Um, I have a list of names that I'm watching. I can't find it right now because my computer is kind of unorganized at the moment, <laughs> uh, but it's there. And if I find that, we'll talk about it Wednesday, but sure. if not, cry about it. If not, we'll, we'll reassemble a new college loop hot board for uh, potential transfer targets for women's basketball, because I do think this is going to be a completely different constructed uh, roster. Your thoughts, Dylan? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at uh, Celia Thumbane's uh, stats. So six foot one, she's a freshman. Uh, so going to her sophomore year, so she gets a few more years than Aisha. Averaged 12 points a game, 46 from the field, 25 from the three-point, 72 free throw, 6.3 rebounds a game. I mean, overall, I mean, the stats look good. Uh, I think she's a very good player. I think uh, when you lose someone like Aisha Kobala, you got to find someone. And, I mean, she, she's got an inch on Aisha, too. So I think it's a really good pickup, and it really helps a class that's going to need it. And I mean, Auburn's already got uh, I don't two uh, two bigs coming in with uh, the two four stars uh, in the high school. And I mean, you said it, portal's not done yet, and Auburn's still got a lot of holes to fill. And uh, besides the guard spot, with honestly Scott Grayson, of course. Uh, so team's going to look brand new, except for miss grayson well you also look at the guard play there dylan and, and and you look and you see honestly scott grayson coming back sydney shaw is going to get those starting minutes all of us i mean the thought of those two playing side by side i think is so beneficial for both of them because i see a lot of honesty honesty's game in sydney and 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 it, that being said i think sydney plays a very complimentary game to honesty so you can trust honesty to handle the ball and, and you can trust Sydney to kind of learn from experience and from playing a, beside one of the greatest basketball players to come through this program. She will go down as that honesty, Scott Grayson will. And in at least one of the, the top scorers, I, I personally think one of the best to ever to ever come through this and wear the orange and blue, but you, you add that you're bringing back Caitlin Duhon, still not, a, not in the portal, which is something that all of us are a little bit surprised by, but still not in, not in the portal. Marshawn Bostic, correct me if I'm wrong, not in the portal, correct? Correct. So you've got, there's four guards. There's your guard room. It's pretty much taken care of. If you can go through and, and acquire some quality depth in those, in those front court positions and, and really work on your forwards and it looks, sounds like your centers are, they're going to be young, but they're going to be physical and it'll be a different brand of, of, of Auburn basketball, more than what, more like what coach Jay wants to implement on the planes. 
I don't know that this is for the worst, guys. And, and when we've kind of been in that that camp the entire way through. So to conclude this, all, all of this to say, I, this is a very big pickup for, for, for Auburn women's basketball coach Jay and company. Let's keep things rolling. We don't want to run this one too long, guys. Let's talk. Let's keep talking women's sports. Let's talk softball. I'm going to open this one up to you guys and let you guys preview a pretty big, important midweek matchup just because you want to build off that momentum from Saturday over Troy. So let's talk Auburn softball taking on Troy this evening at 6 Central. Uh, it's going to be on Wednesday, actually. Wednesday, Wednesday evening. I'm sorry. This comes out on Tuesday. Uh, hello. Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday evening at 6 Central. My apologies. So let, let, let's talk about that. Dylan, we'll start with you. Yeah, so you're going to go into this game following losing the losing the series one the two against Florida and Gainesville. Of course, uh, you finished Saturday with a 7-0 win, and it looked like right at that moment Auburn had the bats that they've been looking for. But I mean, you still didn't get them in de- in uh, day two. Uh, they're not getting very consistent, or they're not staying very consistent. Uh, you get Bree Bomb. You're averaging like one every week now, uh, which is good. Uh, you're getting her back to hitting those balls over the fence but going against troy uh softball is loaded in the state of alabama just let it put it out there south alabama gave auburn fits uab i we played uab right i played uab in baseball uab won yeah uh diamond sports just loaded here uh but troy is gonna be a a, gonna be another test uh it's not just easy midweek game you don't have those anymore uh and what you gotta do is Get the get pitching behind Maddie Penta. Uh, Shelby Lowe needs needs to have a little bit more confidence whenever she goes on the mound. Uh, Annabelle Weidra is she performed fairly well for uh, what she was given, but that game uh, Florida was just raking. And sometimes that happens. Yeah, it happens a lot. Uh, uh, but after Maddie Penta, the pitching's a bit of a question mark. Confidence wise, uh, the talent is there but confidence is not. And same thing with the batting. Uh, after uh, we got Nelia and Bree are hitting, uh, but everyone else is kind of struggling at times. You get a little bit sometimes from Denver Bryant and others, but you, the whole team's got to get behind it. And uh, use Troy as – it's not going to be a gimme game, but use Troy as a building block going into your LSU coming up on Friday. Sure. And, and, and Daniel, I'm, I'm going to kind of actually build off of what Dylan said and ask you and ask you a question to kind of expand on it. If that's OK. I, I wanted to to, to mention uh, Dylan's point about using this as a confidence game. Obviously, it's a tough it is a tough opponent. Like, uh, let's let's call a spade a spade here. Troy, not a laughing stock <laughs> softball program, never has been, never will be. That being said, a game you're expected to win. How do you use this as an opportunity to go in and, and build confidence both at the plate and in the circle? How does how does this group go about that? Sure. Uh, before I answer that, I feel the need to explain my uh, facial expressions over the last minute or so. Uh, <laughs> Red Sox relief pitcher Chris Martin just got driven over the wall in the eighth inning by uh, Brandon Lowe to put the Sox down one nothing. So that's phenomenal. But to answer Harrison's question, you have to treat it like an SEC game. Uh, you really yes. do. Yes, uh, You have absolutely. to go into it with the same mindset that you would for, you know, LSU this weekend or Florida last weekend. Um and the main reason is that they can beat you. Like this team can mess around and beat you. Um, and you don't want to take a midweek home loss to one of these schools. Not that they're bad programs at all, like Harrison and Dylan have both kind of elaborated on, but you just you never want to lose those midweek games ever. Because they're supposed to build confidence. They're supposed to build confidence. There's supposed to be a chance for 
coaches kind of plug and chug, see what works, see what doesn't work, and mainly just learning opportunities. For both and also, sides. you don't want to lose to an in-state school. You don't. No, <laughs> it's, no. It's, it's inherent. It's fun to play those teams, but you want to win every game. And and it's and it's fun to be like we run the state of Alabama. If you if you win that Alabama series, which I think is entirely winnable, if you win that Alabama series, you get to walk away and say, "Hey, we're the best softball team in the state of Alabama." And in the state of Alabama, that means something. That that really does mean something, uh, in in terms of of college softball. So very excited for for that matchup. We'll have a full recap on that and a preview for this weekend series on Thursday on the Thursday show. Your regular schedule content has returned. Let's flip it over to the other side of the diamond, guys. Let's talk Auburn baseball. Auburn baseball is going to be taking on Georgia Tech at 6 o'clock Central time this evening as this show comes out. Both of these teams are eerily similar. And, and, and we know this for a handful of reasons. One, you can look at the stat sheet, and I can expand on that. But two, they've played a 12-inning game earlier this year, and nobody wanted to win. So it was more like one of those, hey, you win. No, we insist you win. No, we're the home. <laughs> we're the, you're our guests. You can win. It was one of, one of those kind of like, what is go? what the hell is happening right now, guys? We're playing a game in a third. So Auburn's going to get the opportunity to sweep Georgia Tech, and, and, and this is a fun little rivalry that they get to play every year. And, and, and it is a rivalry. And, and, and I know that people our age kind of forget about the whole Georgia Tech-Auburn rival, budding rivalry, the Rec Tech parades, and, 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 and greasing the railroad tracks the whole nine. But it's it's one of those one of those series you want to win, and you want to win every game. But like an opportunity to go beat a quality opponent, what we thought might have been a little more quality opponent at the beginning of the year, it turns out Georgia Tech is suffering from the same injury and pitching bug that Auburn is. So buckle up, get ready for what could be a nine inning bloodbath of, of a zillion runs barn burner, or a fifteen inning three run game. Who who's to really say? And, 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 and uh, guys, it starts on the mound for both of these teams. Neither one of these groupings am, uh, am I concerned even a little bit about their bats. And, and for those of you watching at home, I've watched a lot of Georgia Tech baseball. My dad went to, went to Georgia Tech, so I, I actually feel pretty good about the analysis on, on, and breakdown on this one. <laughs> but, but we'll start. I'm going to ask Dylan. I'm going to ask you offensively, and then I'm going to go to Daniel defensively here because I've let you talk about pitching a lot. Offensively. How does Auburn keep the ball rolling? They've been scoring plenty enough to win games. They're just not because they're not getting help. But how do you keep the ball rolling and not get discouraged with little to no assistance from the mound? I mean, Auburn has had uh, games uh, come and go where you get you start off real hot. Uh, I think we saw it with uh, Arkansas no, or, or someone where you had a you had like a couple of innings where you like started off really hot and then everything just kind of died. Well, that happened this weekend against A and M. Oh, yeah, I mean, it happens week in and week out. That's why I probably should start out. This happens a lot. Uh, it happens in every sport. Uh, you start off real hot in the game, and then it kind of dies off towards the end. And I, I, there's no real fixing it at this point. It's kind of just there, and Auburn's going to deal with it for the rest of time because of or that those that navy orange, or the navy blue and the burnt orange is like a cursed color combination because uh, it just happens. Uh, but you, Ike Irish, Justin Kirby, Jason Howell, Bryson Aware, just get hits uh, and keep getting Bobby hits. Pierce. Bobby Pierce, Bobby Barrels, yes. And I mean, we saw it last last time they played. Uh, Auburn, I think Auburn came back. Was that was that how that game went? Auburn came back, and and then the game went three extra innings, and then Auburn finally won. Which at that at twelve innings in at midnight, we were just wanting someone else to win at this. Someone, point. just no, just someone to win. Someone hit the ball. Just like, hit the ball. Uh, but like yeah, like we, the great Greg Olson once said, just hit it somewhere. Yeah, just <laughs> hit it. Hit it left hit it right hit it to me I, I don't know hit it somewhere i don't care just hit it <laughs> yeah but uh i mean just keep it consistent uh don't make 
bad swings. Uh, I mean, just do what you, just do what you normally do. Uh, just put faith in the fact that you're not going to get help on the mound, which is factual, and go into every inning as treat it like the night, and you need a you need a hit or you need a run. Treat it like and that. Something Auburn's done particularly well at, fellas. First pitch swinging. As I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm I know some people are. Our students of the game or whatever. I, I'm a huge base baseball is my first love. So I'm, I get it. I hear you and I'm listening to you. But this group does better when they swing at the first pitch. So don't change your 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 plate approaches just because you need to work counts a little bit more. If you can get on base, damn it, get on base because you need base runners. And that's another 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 element there is don't strand them. Auburn's been bad about stranding runners this year. If you can get a guy on base, don't waste your time going through the rest of that order. Make sure that you at least move him over, at least make the opposing pitcher work and, and make his fielders make the plays. I mean, that, that's part of it. And, and, and Auburn's offense, to their credit, has actually been solid at that this year. Daniel, you drew the short, short straw today, and I don't know how and I don't know why, and I'm sorry. Uh, because I've got, I've got to sit here and ask you, and, and I'm saying this sincerely because I'm at a loss. So maybe you can enlighten me. How on God's green earth does Auburn's bullpen figure things out? Or their just pitching rotation staff included? How did they figure this out in, in order to get past a good ACC team, sweep a good ACC team on the road, and get right before you have to get right back into conference play? And, and let's be honest, Auburn needs to win 10 games, and I don't know if that's going to happen. 10 games in the conference, I don't know if that's going to happen. How does this pitching rotation get, the, get themselves in the right spot? Well, you see, the fortunate thing is that it's going to be very convenient for me. Since I was already going to have that same meeting with Red Sox manager Alex Cora, now we'll just invite Butch Thompson to join. And uh, we can kill two birds with one stone. Um, so, yeah, the short answer. Oh, well, another thing, you know, I always have the shameless plugs. I will have coverage of tomorrow's game for the Auburn Plainsman. Follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke if you're unable to watch. Always going to plug myself. Anyway, sure. back to your question. Um, this is kind of a boring answer, but I I, I really don't know. Um, you're right. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I do. I'm not going to waste time because I don't. So I, I wish, I wish that, I mean, like, I'm going to try to expand on your, I don't know, because I agree. I mean, don't, I'm at a loss, man. Like I, to Butch's, Butch and company's credit, they have tried and I'm in surrender Cobra right now. For those of you not watching the, the YouTube version, they have tried every combination known to man. They have bounced guys around. They've thrown Drew Nelson into the pits. And I don't know what he did to be on the shit list, but, but here he is getting thrown in like we mentioned in the last show with like you know one away runners on first and third down five like what did he do to deserve that and then and, the, and then you throw in like John, John Armstrong got a, got a start last week I still think John Armstrong's a bright spot on this in this in this rotation he's just getting screwed and 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 I don't know if it's a combination I mean obviously you're missing Jogo Dylan but I mean is it is it just youth I I said that last show that I think it may just be youth or is there an element of, oh, my gosh, like some of these guys are either seriously banged up and, or just not working out? I mean, uh, you can blame it on youth, but a lot of these guys have been with the program for at least a year or two. And you got to start to wonder, is Joe Go even going to be a go at any point of the season? Uh, or do you just shut him down? At this point, I think you have to because it looks like Auburn's more in a – uh, rebuild now win next year type beat not not a win now mode you I mean you want to be in a win now mode but they're just not because the pitching's not there and we see it i mean chase also i think he's one of the oldest guys on this pitching mound besides 
there's a guy I'm definitely forgetting, uh, but he's just not been confident. And usually confidence is something that's supposed to come with age. And it's just not there. And I mean, the some of the best pitchers Auburn's had this season thus far have been uh, freshmen. I think Crotchfelt is a is a freshman, I believe, and he's been one of the brighter spots of the pitching rotation. Drew Nelson, I think Drew's been fine. And Drew's like been freshman. fine too. And it, it's crazy. I'm I'm over here trying to figure out who is actually going to start a pitcher tomorrow, and uh, it looks like well, never mind. Chase Allsup is starting tomorrow. Is a probable starter and with. Uh, going against Logan McGuire for Georgia Tech. So don't expect a pitching duel. This is going to be a uh, probably another <laughs> barn burner. It's going to be another 12-inning game. So Look, get your popcorn, get your food, get comfortable. It, you know what the most infuriating part, part is here, fellas? I said fart on accident. But the most infuriating part here, I don't want anyone to get me misconstrued. I was speaking with Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects the other day. And, and we were talking about this this program because, you know, it's what we do. We don't have lives. We only talk ball ever. And uh, I, I say that jokingly. Lindsay, great guy, great family. But, but what I told Lindsay, and, and Lindsay kind of echoed the same sentiment. And it, it, the most confusing part is no one get me wrong. I think Auburn baseball has all the talent in the world. I, I really, really do. I'm not sure why this isn't meshing. I don't think this is Bush's fault. It's kind of reminiscent, like we mentioned last episode, of that 2020 season. Maybe this is one you just got to grind through, and then you reap the benefits next year. Maybe that's it. But right now, fellas, Auburn's in danger of not going to Hoover. Auburn's in danger of not playing for an SEC title. Not an SEC outright, an SEC tournament title. And and if if that can't happen, whew, this, season's a, this season is a disappointment. It really is. Now, I've said this before. I'll say it a million times. Don't ever ask me to count a Butch Thompson team out coming down the stretch. I won't. We, we've seen him time and time again. I think Butch Thompson is quietly one of the best managers in college baseball, one of the best coaches in college baseball. I don't think he gets enough love for that. I really, really don't. That being said, I, I'm going to need to be surprised. But I've been surprised before. So it's just, as we always say, the Auburn way with the little trademark afterwards. Let's keep talking a little bit more. Daniel, I've got one more piece. I keep putting the ball in the tee for you here, my man. And this one's a good one. This one's fun. I promise this one's fun. Let's talk a little bit about, about Darion Goborn and, and, and her her endeavors into NCAA Nationals. Talk to me a little bit about what Darion's got going on, what, where you where you think her ceiling is, and, and, and how, how high of an accolade you think that Darion could see herself ascend to uh, this postseason. Sure. So for those of you who do not know, Darion Goborn got invited to the NCAA Gymnastics National Championship meet to compete as an individual on floor, which is huge. Awesome. Um, yeah, great for the program and a disappointing um, NCAA tournament appearance where, or yeah, where everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um so a good thing to see an individual national championship still be a possibility. Um, in an interview I did with Darion back in January, I asked her about her goals for the season. One of the things she includes is that she really wanted to win an individual national title on floor. So I really – it's awesome to see her have that opportunity. And certainly something we will be keeping up with and keeping you guys up to date with as, as that progresses. Wishing the best of luck to Darion, uh, our queen. God save the queen. 
uh, here, here on the plains. Yes, exactly right. Well, I'll do the little crown for those of you <laughs> watching the YouTube version. That being said, that's all we've got for today's rundown. Dylan's put the finger up, which means I forgot something. Uh, I just added it late to the rundown because I almost forgot. You're going to talk about Auburn Volleyball being back this week. Auburn Volleyball is back. Uh, remember, go support. It's a little exhibition game and free admission. Go support Auburn Volleyball because they're good. So you can, so go do. And shout out Auburn Equestrian for right. they had some awards get announced today. Uh, SEC Coach of the Year for Coach Greg Williams. He also had Writer of the Year to Maddie Spack. Another Writer of the Year to Ellie Farig- Farigno. Sorry, and uh, Freshman Writer of the SEC Freshman Writer of the Year to Alexia Tordoff. Yeah, Auburn's a horse school, but we've known this. <laughs> yeah. We want to be an everything school so bad, but equestrian is just so good that it it's, just trumps everything else. I can't compete. Anyways, yeah, yeah, that's uh, thank thank you for 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 reminding me of that blurb, and we will be giving you guys updates about how softball work. Uh, excuse me, volleyball worked out uh, on on the Thursday installment of the College Loop. Make sure you run over to Auburn Arena. Uh, Brent Crouch, his miraculous return of this and resurgence of this program is nothing short of uh, of, of impressive, and 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 a group that we're looking forward to covering this fall. That being said, I'm Harrison Tarr at by Harrison Tarr. Daniel, I'm not even going to make you go first this time. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to give it to you. How about that? I'm Harrison Tarr at by Harrison Tarr on Twitter. If you want to check out my written work, that's at the Auburn Daily, theauburndaily.com. I know Dylan's going to get to plug that. He had an awesome article. You guys got to have to go read about the Auburn quarterback situation um, around the country looking at battles. That being said, like I said, my written work at theauburndaily.com. The rest of my podcasting work on the Auburn Daily Show every Wednesday and Friday. Wednesday with Dylan Lark. Friday with the legendary Lindsay. Crosby. If you're watching the YouTube version, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell, drop in the comments who you want to see improve, who you want to see Auburn go get from the portal, whether that be football, basketball, baseball, beyond where you think Auburn baseball is in terms of can they make a run to Hoover? Can they make a run to regionals? So that being said, I'm going to hand it to my good friend, Daniel Locke, and we're going to work our way around and then Don will get us out of here. Twitter, at Daniel J. Locke, my written work, The Auburn Plainsman, Eagle Eye TV, Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn Wire, every once and again, The Auburn Daily, and I'm interning with the Opelika Observer, plenty of great sports stuff there. And of course, I'm Dylan Lark, at you boy take on Twitter, as my, I'm about to start coughing in a second, so, hmm, there we go, and catch me on The Auburn Daily Show every Monday and Wednesday, Monday with Lance Dahl, we just had an episode come out yesterday talking about A-Day. So if you're not tired of me talking about 8A just yet, go watch that. And you can go read my article up in the Auburn Daily Show about the five QB battles that Auburn should be looking forward to watching as the portal opens back up. Because you know what? There's a lot more than five, but I narrowed it down for you. So there you go. Also, watch the College Loop every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. You can listen to us on Spotify, Amazon Pod or Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and social media. You got us on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, but no MySpace yet. Make sure to follow us on TikTok too, because in about five more subs or whatever we're at right now, Mr. Harris Tarva here is going to do a very special TikTok dance. And we already have I'm a, a savage. We already have a suggestion uh, from Mr. Billy Nash, who you will hear if you listen to the Spotify version, who says Tar should do the Corvette Corvette dance on our TikTok. So stay tuned for Golly. that. <laughs> so all that being Y'all said, better like, subscribe, and ring the bell. That's all I got to say. <laughs> with all that being said, for the College Loop Podcast, 